Hello everybody and welcome. My name is Sue and welcome to my Learn With Sue Walk and Talk podcast. This is a place where we will walk and talk about the science of emotions, positive psychology and neuroscience to help us be the best we can be. And it's about how to flourish and thrive even through adversity, all based on science, research and evidence. And as you may know, some of these sessions are uh, with an expert in the field, some of them are just my general musings, and some of them are with my fabulous friend and colleague, Tanya. And today we are going to be talking about a few interesting things that's happening during our week. Um, so I myself am based in uh, Byron Bay in New South Wales in Australia. And Tanya, how are you today and where are you from? Thank you, Sue. I'm really well today. I'm based in London, so it's currently the afternoon for me. And I have to say, it's a remarkably um, sunny day that the sunny day um, today, which is just fabulous. So great to be here again. Wonderful. So for those of you who don't know, Tanya and I have known each other for a number of years, and she might tell you the story in a moment of, uh, uh, or later on, of how we sort of met and got connected. Um, but over the probably last 18 months of lockdowns, etc., cetera, um, Tanya and I haven't got to see each other, obviously, because we're 15,000 miles apart. Um, but we've spent a lot of time sending videos to each other as we walk along, well, me, my beach and uh, Tanya around London. Uh, we send videos each day. So we feel like we've chatted. Um, and really, we wanted to bring some of those chats and ruminations about what's going on in our world um, to our musings here and how we've used the science to help us. Um, so obviously, Tanya, thinking about your week, I've been thinking about my week. As you know, I broke my toe last week. And uh, for everybody, um, if you've ever broken your toe, yes, it hurts. But um, hopefully it's not the be all end all. It was only my little toe. I caught it on the leg of a stool and um, it was really really interesting um I know this is going to sound really sad to those of you listening but Tanya I know you're going to get this as I was standing there so I, I yelled out and as I was sort of standing there with my eyes closed um David sort of said to me um you know take a seat take a seat and I went no no and I was sort of holding onto the kitchen bench and I was almost like seeing the waves of pain go through the pain network in my brain. It was almost like I could see it. It was like, okay, wait for the pain. There were little waves of pain. And I was imagining these little messages going from my toe to the neural network in my brain around pain, etc. And then when I, um, I looked down, uh, my little toe was poking out at 45 degrees. And again, it was really funny. It was like, um, Dave was like, oh, that's gross. That's gross. You're going to have to see the doctor. I'm like, no, 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 it'll be fine. And I said, just shove it back in for me. And he said, oh, I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. So I hobbled my way to the sofa, sat down, and then just squished my little toe in and, and wrapped it up. Um, but it was really interesting for me that I felt like I was a little observer knowing what was going on in my brain and how my little toe was sending messages up through the nerves to the neural network in my brain around pain, etc. So I thought I'd share that this morning and see, because I know you think I'm, well, you don't think I'm weird because we talk about these things all the time, but is that weird in normal circumstances? Well, it's so funny you mentioned this, Sue, because I was thinking about this, um, because I have to admit, I, I'm, I am with David on the whole, ooh, that's gross. Like, don't really need to know the detail that your toe was sticking out at 45 degrees. However, I do agree with you. It's really quite interesting. And it takes me back to, again, of our conversations around the whole awareness. And I always at this interesting, A, the emotions you're feeling, but knowing and being really 
um, in tune with your body um, as to what's happening at what point, what your brain's doing, the signals it's sending. So I think it is um, really interesting and fascinating, as you say, and there are maybe listeners on here going, you're both weird, but that's fine. I like our weirdness, um, which is why I love our conversations. Um, so I do think it's interesting, but also when I was thinking about this earlier in the week around you breaking your toe, um, because you did mention a couple of times that you were grumpy as well. And the reason why you were grumpy is because this impacted your regular or your daily well-being strategies. And so it was really, again, quite interesting of actually how this impacted your day, your behavior, your um, not work, because I know you won't allow it to impact your work in a, in a negative way, let's say, but how you might have spoken to David or you might have been on your video messages with me and whatever, and you saying, I'm grumpy, I'm going doing a tantrum or whatever, because I can't get out my walk because it's too painful and what have you. And the reason why I was thinking about this is, again, is the real lie for the real um, repercussions of when we have got our wellbeing strategies in place. And it will be a, not suggesting that it's a small thing breaking your toe, but something then allows that strategy to not continue. And the reason why I was particularly thinking about it is, again, I've had a bit of a cold, actually, a lingering cold since last, um, well, just over a week now, which seems a very long time for me to have a cold. The reason I'm saying this, though, is I've not been able to go out running. Mm. And I've been very aware of actually the A, that's, and I've got a half marathon coming up very, very soon. So not only has this impacted my training, but actually it's impacted, again, how I feel and my behavior, how I react. Now, I've still been keeping up with my walks in the morning and the evening to kind of close my day off. Though it has really had an impact on how I feel and mm -hmm. how relaxed I am, how mindful, etc. So again, it's really... Um, so let's pick up on that because, um, and for those listening, we are going to do a couple of sessions on habits. But what was really interesting to your point is I was really observing the impact on me for those few days. So um, for those of you listening, I did try and go out for my walk the day I broke it. Uh, I got as far as the beach, which is three minutes. And then it was so painful, I had to hobble back again. I realized that was a bit stupid, especially because Google doctor told me that I should uh, stay off it for at least one to two weeks um but for two days basically I didn't go for my usual walk um on the third day I went for a bit of a baby walk and uh, strapped it up and then on the fourth day I was kind of almost getting back but it was actually a week later that it took me to do my full big walk again um and what was really interesting is it wasn't just I noticed the impact that it had on me absolutely I was very well well aware that I was like mm, and feeling a little flatter and a little blah because my exercise and, and as you know I think of that as brain and body basics eat sleep exercise what was actually really interesting is how one when one thing changes the rituals that you do around it change so normally I have very strong rituals in the morning of the way that I get up I have my lemon water and my pill and my omega-3 and then I go for my walk and then I come back and I have my green drink etc 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 what I found was really interesting is in the morning I would get up, I would fill my green drink bottle with water as I normally do. And I would have my lemon water. And then because I wasn't going out on my walk, I then wasn't coming back, retrieving the bottle, putting the green powders in and drinking it. So three days in a row, I also skipped my green drink. 
So it was really interesting then the, the ripple effect on your rituals and habits. And there were a couple of other things that sort of got knocked out of whack as well, because I wasn't doing the standard ritual um, that leads one thing to another, to another, to another. So I don't know if you noticed the same of you, your exercise was being impacted, whether anything else was impacted due to you losing your voice and being a little bit coldy and fluy, not COVIDy. Well, yeah, this is absolutely your point because I did then obviously I did lose my voice actually and I felt terrible on Monday, um, like really bad. And I think, as you say, well, as we know, again, I was very aware of okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not feeling well, so I'm going to be a bit more grumpy. Though I was also really aware of okay, I am grumpy, but I was how I was even um, interpreting people's emails, say, for example, or WhatsApp message or what have you. And I wouldn't respond in a negative way, but I'd be like, oh, that's so annoying, Sue, as an example. But actually, <laughs> it was just because I was in a grumpy mood. So I think, again, it's that awareness around, well, actually, it's not Sue being annoying, as an example. It's actually just I'm being in a negative mood. And I think, again, I've been having numerous conversations actually with clients again and talking um, about strength. So what's come into the conversation as always is the whole stress and burnout being rushed, et cetera. And I'm then too busy um, for these wellbeing strategies and what have you, but also I'm stressed and I'm in these negative emotions. So then I react in a negative way, or again, you know, then teams don't get on. So again, this, I'm kind of digressing in the conversation, but it's just really Again, interesting where it can be one small thing that puts everything out. And if you don't have the awareness um, and we're not stopping to really think about it and be intentional, um, the, the ripple effects, as we kind of spoke about last time, how this could really start to deteriorate um, rather than people truly looking after themselves and helping support them flow. Yeah, and I don't know. Um, again, those of you listening, we always like to hear from people. So if anybody's got any thoughts or questions on this, how um, one thing can impact another, and it doesn't always have to be a big thing. Um, what's really important, and you know, we talk about this all the time, about if we want to keep our brains working well, we need those brain and body basics of eat, sleep and exercise. Um, and sometimes I think what happens is if we don't have those in place, we don't realise how good they are until we don't have them so if you've been doing them regularly and then you don't have them you really notice um, but sometimes if you haven't necessarily got those things um, into practice you might not realize how valuable they are from a well-being perspective and I know myself I mean I used before COVID I used to travel all the time as you know we were often you were here I was there um, you know, all the while traveling. And it was always my eat, sleep and exercise that was the first thing to go. And, um, you know, I would spend 24 hours flying to London and all I would eat was a bar of chocolate for the whole 24 hours. Um, and um, and so, I mean, I was quite happy then. My well-being was still reasonable because I still, when I got to London, would often go for walks and things like that. So still get things in place. And yet it's often the first thing to go. And I wonder if we're not as diligent around our well-being um, that it's too easy to let those things slip um, and perhaps not realise the impact of those things. Yeah, and I think, again, this is, I, I'm really curious about this, and I know we, you and I always kind of talk about this, and I, you know, um, probably to the extent where it's annoying, because that's just starting to irritate myself, um, that what I say to clients, or, or friends actually more so, because I wouldn't say quite like this, but, um, 
we know what's good for us. We know eat, sleep and exercise. It's boring. We even say that in some of us, you know, we know you don't want to hear this because we know we need this sleep and we know we need to be healthily and eat our veggies and all the rest of it. Yet still I've been left thinking this week and I did actually speak to someone who I know quite well who's a, who's a client yesterday. I was like, why aren't we doing it? Why aren't you doing it? What? Why are we not taking responsibility? Why is it maybe somebody else's fault? Why is it my leader's fault because my leader's making me so busy or the organisation or what have you? Why, why are we not taking responsibility mm. when we say that we know this is important? Do we really understand the impact when we don't get a good night's sleep? Or I, I don't know, I just, because we seem to... And I'm wondering, to your point about strengths before, you know, if I've got the strengths of personal responsibility, does that mean I take on too much and then I have to deliver on it, etc.? Um, it's interesting you say that, and uh, and this is was done in a very lovely way uh, with the client involved. But I, I was doing some work with a client on well-being and leading for well-being, and I was working with a bunch of senior leaders, and one gentleman suggested. Uh, and if you're listening, uh, you know, I love you. You did an amazing job and you handled my response really well. Um, said what we really need is we need the company to turn off our emails at six o'clock on a Thursday, five o'clock on a Friday and not turn it on till nine o'clock on a Monday. Excellent. And I kind of looked and smiled and said, or you could be an adult. <laughs> and it was really interesting. I mean, we had a lovely conversation and he took it beautifully. I guess it goes to your point of, where do we take responsibility? Are we waiting for our organisation to create a new flexibility at work policy that tells us what we to do and, and all those sorts of things? And I do understand sometimes, um, you know, you do need these things to be role modelled, absolutely. Having said that, I know, and you and I have talked about this, is um, I, I and several people in our team will often work on a Sunday afternoon for a couple of hours or an hour or so to get ourselves set for the week. And if somebody told me I wasn't allowed to do that, that I would find that really demotivating. Because for me, it's a really lovely way of making sure, okay, I know what I've got on, I'm all set, I'm ready to go, I'm now energised, I can launch into Monday really, really well as a leader if I told everybody in our team that they were not allowed to do that and they were not allowed to send an email until nine o'clock on Monday morning I can guarantee there's three people in particular that would be really fed up um, so is it about that um, we're not doing it because of the pressure uh, do we not have the self-awareness to notice what it's doing to us um, or do we genuinely feel that we do not have the autonomy, even though every leader that I talk to say they want their team members to take that autonomy? Is that just lip service? Do people genuinely want it? Are they role modeling it? Why do we not do it? I don't know. I don't have the answer to your question. No, and I think I, I would love to have a greater conversation around this. And again, anyone listening, if you've got any ideas, because I think it is also, um, it, to me, it kind of goes back to, and maybe not all of it, the culture and the environment. Because as you say, I know, and you, you've said this again when we're, we're delivering strength sessions, et cetera, um, you've got work ethic and time optimizer. And for those of you who want to know more about strengths, we can certainly speak to you about it, but as, as energizing strength. So you will always be working. Um, that can have an impact on others. So kind of go, yeah, all right, so I can't keep up with all your emails and what have you. So it might be more de-energizing for me. Yet it's that 
the awareness again of actually how our relationship is where I go well I know that Sue really doesn't expect me to be answering emails on a Sunday and if I want to it's because I want to and I wonder whether again there is quite a bit of this in in other organizations around well we're saying we don't want you to email us but actually secretly we do because I've got so much on my plate and I need to get these answers you know by the Monday I, I don't know it's mm. I, I'm not entirely convinced and this is a generalization that we are being truly authentic um, and allowing our teams to be authentic. I, I don't know. Maybe it comes down to um, one of the things I often talk about in keynotes around um, the apples in the barrel. So if we think about the little apples in the barrel, we're all little apples. We're trying to be the best shiny little apple that we can. And our job, as you know, in our business is how do we put tools in the toolkit so each little apple can flourish and use their strengths and be the best they can be, et cetera, and be a bright new shiny apple. We've equally then got to consider the impact of the other apples on each apple. So how do the team members work together and how do they impact and do they rub up against each other and bruise each other or do they help each other be bright, shiny little apples? And then we have to consider the barrel that we're sitting in and what are the pressures, what are the external factors, what are the um, implicit rules perhaps in that organisation that is encouraging people to behave in a certain way? Because uh, to your point, you and I, and I've had this with other team members as well, we've had the conversation that if I remember, I will delay sending on my emails. And I sometimes do on a Sunday, I'll hit delay so that they don't. And sometimes I forget. And yet I've had a conversation with everybody that says, I expect you to look after your well-being. If you want to work on a Sunday because it's good for your well-being, you work on a Sunday. If you want to take Friday off because it's good for your well-being, then take Friday off. Because I know that when you go out for your walk at three o'clock, it's because you've worked at 6 a.m. and you've worked at 9 p.m. Um, so I think if you've had that conversation, maybe. Otherwise, what happens is the barrel that we sit in provides the not just explicit rules, but the implicit rules, perhaps, that people feel they have to live by. And again, this goes back to, as you say, with the culture, but again, the environment that we're working in or companies that they're creating around the trust element. Um, and again, there's a whole other conversation we could talk about this in terms of people now returning to offices and certain organisations saying you have to come back into the office. Ooh, um, yes. Yeah. And the impact of that. So, again, that's maybe a conversation for Ooh. another time. Future conversation, absolutely. So thank you for joining Tanya and I for one of our uh, musings and ramblings. Uh, it has been lovely chatting with you and I hope you will send us some little messages with your thoughts along the way. Um, we talk, We spoke today just sort of briefly about uh, general sort of perhaps self-awareness. I suppose I'd love to ask our listeners, what, what are you doing? What are you doing to look after your well-being? And perhaps what are some of the things that we could take responsibility for? So for more conversations with myself, other experts, live events, courses, research reviews, and much, much more, do check us out at learnwithsue.com.au and consider becoming a member of our global learning community, which is here to support you to be the best you can be. And remember, any questions or thoughts or comments, shoot them through on questions at learnwithsue.com.au and we will answer them in our next monthly question, walk and talk. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, Sue. Bye, everyone.